Hi, I'm Carrie Butler, and you're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. I have a special offer for my listeners. You can get my new course at carriebutlercoach.com slash broadwaypodcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Once I played a penny who just couldn't stop the beat. Yes, with roller skates on her feet. Because it's recently deceased A real cool mom Musical version of Tina Fey Tina Fey Now come with me and fly I am your host, Miss Carrie Butler Together you and I are breaking Hi, it's Carrie Butler with Breaking Broadway. Today's guest is my friend from Mean Girls, Riza Takahashi. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I'm so excited to have Riza here because she has one of the most interesting stories I have ever heard. So why don't you kind of start with how you even got interested in musical theater? She's from Japan. Uh, yeah. So... I am from Japan. Hi, I'm Riza Takahashi. <laughs> uh, I'm originally from Japan. Uh, I was born and raised uh, and grew up until 16. But growing up, I just danced, sang, acted, but all in Japanese. And at some point along the way, I found out this place called Broadway <laughs> that they have all these musicals on one street and I don't know how I've heard it but I have proof that I think second grade or something in an album it says I want to be on Broadway <gasps> oh my god yeah written in Japanese and uh, one of my teachers had sent that to me and I was like I have no idea how I found out about Broadway so then it was always 
as like my dream mm-hmm. to be on Broadway. But I think around like 12 or 13, I realized if you want to be on Broadway, I need to be able to speak English. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, did you listen to Broadway cast albums or did you have any like knowledge of Broadway? No, really? Just, you just heard about the Street of All Shares. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but I did go see all these shows in Japanese. Oh, like Broadway shows that would come to Japan? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. But it wasn't in English. It was like translated in Japanese. Like, okay. So I would see like Cats or oh, Lion King. Okay. So I knew what musicals in a high production like right, that right. is, but I've never seen Broadway shows or I knew that Broadway existed. Uh-huh. Oh, so then around like 14, 15, so in Japan, the school system is a little different and six years of elementary school and three years of middle school. So then when I was about to graduate from middle school and everybody was picking high school, Mm -hmm. I was like, this is when I should leave Japan because if I don't leave now and if I have too thick of an accent, then 16 year old me thought I'm going to be only doing Asian shows. Mm-hmm. Not that that's a bad thing, yeah. but I wanted to expand my opportunities to be in any kinds of shows, whether whether you're the skin of your color is my color or white or black or anything. Yes. So then I was like, I'm going to leave Japan. Mm-hmm. So then I did. So how did you do that? Were um, your parents supportive? <laughs> yeah, actually my mom is the one who was like, Go, just do that. Wow. Yeah. So you went to high school in the United States? Uh, actually, I found a public high school in Canada. Okay. Uh, and that's where I went for um, three years of high school. Did you live by yourself? Uh, I lived with a host family. Oh my gosh. <laughs> for three years. Wow. So I just like left by myself, which was... You know, now it's scary. Now I think about it, it's like, oh yeah, that must have been scary. (laughs) But I was so determined back Mm -hmm. then that I was like, this is what I'm doing. And I didn't even look back, which now, like, that's a very fearless thing to do looking back. And that's crazy. Because you didn't even speak English at that point, right? I I didn't. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But I don't think, I think sometimes not knowing what you're getting self into (laughs) is very helpful. (laughs) I didn't know. So I was like, I'm just going to go. Okay. And then I went and I was like, oh no, I have no idea what anybody's saying. (laughs) (laughs) So the first day of school is me basically (gasps) running around school trying to find out where this gym class is because it wasn't at the gym. (laughs) And it was at the library, but I didn't know how to read or ask, I guess. <laughs> so it was like a vivid memory of like me running around school. How did you learn? Uh, so it was in a very rural area where uh-huh. there were cows, horses, It like bus would only come once in 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. So there were no other really Japanese people so I was forced to basically learn the language which is helpful Uh it's kind of the easiest way toughest way I guess too but I was forced to learn Mm -hmm. so then by the time I graduated high school I was good enough to get into a musical theater college in an English level. So you applied, did you have to audition for college? Yeah, uh, I did fly down to LA Mm -hmm. by myself. uh, And they had this like unified audition where all the colleges would come and audition a bunch of kids. So I went there by myself and auditioned 
bunch of schools. And oh. uh, I got into one of the schools in Connecticut, so at the Hart School. Uh, so that's where I went for college. <laughs> and you, did you have a BFA in? Yeah, yeah, I went to a BFA BFA program. And was it in musical theater? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you finished. <laughs> you finished college, and then what uh-huh. happened? And then, I mean, throughout college, I was able to audition for a bunch of regional theaters and. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be hired for the Muni. Oh, or during Theater college. Of, yeah, during That's college. Good. So I knew what I, like I got my feet wet a little bit. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, this is what real world is going to be like. Mm-hmm. And that was so wonderful to be able to work with Broadway stars at uh-huh. the Muni and Broadway <laughs> stars at Wichita. And it was really cool. Uh, so after that, four years of college, I moved to New York City by myself, obviously, like just like everybody else. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and I started auditioning. Did you get your equity card from doing those shows at the Muni? I didn't turn equity then, but I got this show after a year on a a year after graduation, uh, this show called Waterfall. And that was a Maltby and Shire show. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's what how I got my equity card. Was that on Broadway? No, it was um, it was out of town tryout. Uh, it's still uh, in process of reading and everything. But it was in Pasadena Playhouse in L.A. and uh, Seattle, Fifth Avenue. Okay. Yeah. And did you have an agent when you graduated from college? Uh I didn't. <laughs> so were you just going on open calls? Every day. Really? Yeah. During the season time, I would go a couple auditions a day. So most of these jobs that you got, you got through open calls? Yes. And you weren't even equity at that point. So were you... No. So you had to, did you have to like wait hours to go in? Yes. <laughs> One time, I, I think I auditioned for a King and I on Broadway. Yeah. And I showed up maybe like 6 o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. and sat in the like a bottom of the beer building. I don't remember what building, but, and just cause I was like, I need to be seen for this. So I waited hours and hours and cold and then the building opened up. So we were able to like get in, but I think we were, it was at the equity building maybe. Uh-huh. So then if you're not equity, you can't get in. Right. So then there's like this, like, Oh, sorry. There's this like hallway where like on like non-equity people can wait uh-huh. or something. So I waited, and then I got seen. I didn't get the job, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would do that basically every day when there's a if there's an audition happening. Okay, and so then you did end up getting an agent. Yes, I did. How did you get your agent? So I did initially when I graduated and I came here I think it was a time where still like paper submissions were like acceptable Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know if they are right now yeah it's mostly electronic yeah but digital I did make like a cover letter and headshots and put it in like an envelope and sent it out to all agencies uh um because that was a couple years back maybe five years back or so well good to know it works because it may still work now yeah but when I met up with those agencies first thing after college they weren't very interested they still met up with me but they were like let me know if anything comes up Uh is kind of what they said and nothing happened afterwards um but when I got the job waterfall that was uh that was kind of my way to reach out again to those agencies and said hey we met a while back 
could we have another interview again? I have something coming up. And so that's a great lesson. <laughs> if you meet with an agent and they say, you know, oh, follow up when you get a job or something, uh-huh. then do it. Don't be afraid to do it because yeah. <laughs> Risa is an example. That's, that's how she got her. And it was probably years later, right? Or, yeah. Yeah. And so she still, it still worked. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a year after like of unemployed. I was just auditioning. Uh-huh. And then I finally got the job. I was like, this is the time to reach out for an agent. Because, Smart. But it's such a weird battle because if you don't have an agent, it's hard to get a job. Right. But if you have a job, then you can get an agent to get more job. It's, it's <laughs> really interesting how it works. Right. But that's how I got my first agent. Mm-hmm. And then you said when you auditioned for Mean Girls, mm-hmm. you actually had an agent. I did. But what happened? <laughs> uh, but I feel like sometimes it's hard to get in the room, even though you have an agent mm-hmm. and they're so on your side. And I love my agent now. Mm-hmm. And he's my friend and he's the biggest supporter of me. But sometimes they can't get me in the room because I've never been on Broadway uh-huh. and such. So I was still going to a lot of open calls, uh, but because I was equity, I was a guaranteed to be seen, mm-hmm. but I still went to an open call because I didn't get invited to uh-huh. Mean Girls dance call. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I went to an ECC and I had a great time. <laughs> it was it was easier this time because now you were equity, right? So yeah. you didn't have to wait for hours or anything. No, easier, but still still a lot of work I'd have to say because uh-huh. there's a lot of equity people who who are unemployed yeah. who's doing exactly the same as you are ex- putting exact amount of work mm-hmm. so non-equity it's it's hard in a way because you're not guaranteed to be seen mm-hmm. and you're putting in so much work right so that's the mental game I think that you have to play as non-equity and equity but it, even if you're equity you still have to push mm-hmm. for a job. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I think Riza is the perfect example of someone who stands out in the room. Like I'm sure her <laughs> personality is coming across on this podcast. She's just like this ball of energy and light and <laughs> just sweet. always has a smile on her face. And I think that people respond to that. And that isn't something that you can really necessarily work on. Although you should. <laughs> because that is something that will help you get the job. You know, I'm doing all these podcasts and people say, you know, it's who do I want to 
be with for a year. Right. And so I feel like that's something that comes across with you. So walk us through <laughs> the um, audition process for Mean Girls. Um, so I was an Indolab. Uh-huh. And I wasn't either. <laughs> you weren't either. They, they did, for Mean Girls, they did about four uh, I feel like maybe, maybe four, something like four labs before it actually goes to Broadway. A lab is mm-hmm. kind of where they workshop it. They they do um, a staged reading almost or a production um, just to see what they have. And then the, from that, each one, they'll make changes. So mm-hmm. neither one of us, almost everybody from the workshops ended up being in the Broadway show, but yeah. we weren't in the workshops. Yeah. So I wasn't in the lab. I didn't... Uh, I wasn't able to audition for the lab because mm-hmm. I was back in Japan visiting my family. Uh, so then I thought I missed out. Mm-hmm. Oh, this would have been so fun. Uh, but then I saw an ECC pop up. So I was like, oh, I don't know what this means, but I'll go. Um, so then I went and it was because sometimes ECC, we don't know if they're really looking for That's somebody right. or if they're, they're just required to have shows are required to have equity calls, even if the entire cast has already been cast. Yeah. <laughs> um, so sometimes they're actually looking for people. Sometimes they're not. So you can prepare for this audition and get in the room and not even know that they're not looking for anybody. Yeah. But it's still good to go because they might keep a mental note and they might remember you, oh, for replacements yeah. and things like that. I'm sure I know that they remember people. Yeah, it's always worth to go, but you can't really expect an outcome from it. Yes. The expectations have to be controlled within yourself mm-hmm. so that the rejection doesn't hit you as huge. Yeah, my goal is always just to do my best yeah. and then let it go. Like I throw out my mm-hmm. audition sides, everything. I just want to do my best. And if I do my best, then I feel like it was um, a worthwhile audition. Yeah. You leave it in the room. That's right. And then say goodbye. Yeah. Other, after that, you can't control anything that happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was one of those auditions for me where I was able to have so much fun. Oh. And it doesn't happen always because audition seasons are hard. And especially if when I was unemployed, I was going to auditions all the time and then going home to babysitting or going oh, home right. to survival jobs. And then the next morning you will get up early again and go to auditions. So it's like the cycle of that. And if you start to beat yourself up of why you're not getting jobs, then you start to burn out. Yes. But somehow Mean Girls Audition, I didn't feel that way. I There was a drum. John Epcar was playing the <laughs> drum. And the piano was fun. The music was fun. I've never heard this music, but it felt freeing. The choreography was fun. Was it hard? Because that choreography is hard. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was hard, but it was very freeing. It was. It's from Underdogs in Fearless, uh-huh. which is like all the girls are dancing because they feel the freedom from Regina. Uh-huh. That part of the dance was the ECC dance. And I had so much fun that I was able to leave it back in the room. And then I got a call back for weeks after. Mm-hmm. And all you had to do for the first audition was dance. Dance. Oh, that's it. No singing. No singing. Okay. So that was kind of nice so that I didn't know if I got cut or mm-hmm. if I did good or bad. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. But I just danced. And that was it. And I went went on with my day. Uh, and then I heard later that there is a callback, but it was the invited dance call. So what happens, I don't know if whoever is listening knows, but no, in, yeah, t- tell them everything. <laughs> yeah. But the invited dance call is usually through an agency, 
uh, through castings where you get invited to the dance call. So if you are on Broadway or if you're known by the casting, they'll send you an email to uh, the dance call. But if you are not invited to those, you have to go to an ECC to be invited to the invited dance call. Yes. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yes, totally. <laughs> so, so it's almost like you're auditioning to get the audition. Yes, exactly. So I showed up. I was like, oh my God, I got a call back. And there's still lots of girls <laughs> that were invited that had more credits than me mm -hmm. that I've seen or my friends who I know that they're doing great in this business. So I was like, oh, shoot, like, I, <laughs> I thought I did good, but here I am. Uh, but I still had fun, mm -hmm. and they made a cut, and they had had a sing. So when they cut people, mm -hmm. that just means, there's. are you guys all standing around? How does that happen? Uh, so you dance in the room. Uh -huh. Usually you they teach you the combination, dance three or four at a time, and then send, they'll send you back to the holding room. Uh-huh. And usually the casting comes in <laughs> with a pile of headshots and say the following people, could you stay and sing? And oh, then they'll and call so you all the other people know that they are not. Oh, that's yeah. so painful. <laughs> <laughs> it is a painful time, but we oh, all do it. I know. All I kind of time. remember having that when I started out too. Yeah. So oh. you you're we're all in the room. Mm -hmm. Sometimes your friend gets to sing and I don't, or mm -hmm. I get I get to stay and somebody else doesn't. But that time I was lucky enough to stay and sing. And I remember this round, it was Brendan, uh -huh. uh, our dance captain at Mean Girls and Bethany Knox, uh, mm -hmm. the casting, it was just them. Uh, I was super nervous, but I prepared my song. So I sang it and I was like, oh, this is it, I'm done. And they asked me to sing one more song. And usually what happens is like you have to prepare your book. Yes. So you have a couple of song options mm -hmm. so that you, if they ask something like this, could you sing another song that's more ballad or pop or Yeah, whatever. I'm going to do a whole podcast on a book. <laughs> Great. So listen to that. <laughs> but um, so I had a song, but in my mind, I was like, oh, I'm done. So then they asked me to sing and I got so nervous and I, I, I left and I was like, oh, I could have done better. And I, I remember talking to my friends, I was like, oh, I wish I had another chance because I can do better. And then I got a call back. Mm. So I was like, so happy that I was like, oh, I can show them I can do better, <laughs> basically. And, um, and that was the final call. Oh, wow. So only three altogether. Three rounds wow. for me. Because what I didn't know was that they were only looking for one track for the ensemble. Oh. I had no idea. Uh, so I show up to the final call. There's Tina Fey, <laughs> Jeff Richman, or, or, um, and now everybody, Casey, everybody was Casey in the room. Yeah. And sweet Casey goes, hi, everybody. Thank you for being here. <laughs> We're only looking for one female <laughs> ensemble and two swings. So oh. please don't be, don't feel like you're rejected oh, or anything. That is so sweet. Yeah, like let's have so much fun. And you guys are all amazing. I love him. Yeah, so that kind of like took a lot of pressure off my shoulder. Because like, oh, they're looking for one. Yeah. It's not going to be me. There's 30, 40 girls still here on the final call. And that's crazy. <laughs> and I had no swing experience. Mm -hmm. And I 
saw a lot of my friends who's done swings on Broadway. Swing is um, the, they sort of understudy everybody, every single track in the ensemble. So it takes a certain mindset to be a swing. You have to be crazy organized and just incredible, crazy talented, be able to do so many different things. Because they also, I mean, everybody has a featured part, especially in Mean Girls. Yeah, everybody has lines. Yeah, so you have to have a different character for each person. Okay, so anyway, that's the swing. That's (laughs) a swing. Thank you, Gary. (laughs) Yeah, so then they said one track, one onstage track, and two swings. And I was like, okay, maybe I'll have a chance for swing. But I was like, no, I don't. I've never uh-huh. done it before. So then I was kind of able to like have fun uh-huh. in the room dancing. Uh, and after that, they made a cut. And they had a few of us sing our own song. And they made another cut. And it was down to like maybe five or six of us to read. And that's where... It, like, I read for Janice, I believe. Uh-huh. Yeah, where I understudied Janice. Um, but, yeah, so that was the final call. And it was it was a crazy experience because, you know, Tina was right in front of me. Yeah. And Casey Nicola and everybody, like, Jeff and Nell and everybody was in the room. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm doing this. So yeah. how did you find out you got it? Uh, so then two days later, uh-huh. my agent called me. Oh, so then they went through your agent. <laughs> Even though <laughs> yes. you didn't audition through your agent. Okay. No. The, uh, and they, my agent called me and said, Hey, Risa, um, what color do you wear on Wednesdays? <laughs> <laughs> and then I broke down. I was like, no. I'm like remembering tearing up. I was like a Penn Station. I was like, oh my god! Like you're gonna be on Broadway. I was like, oh my god, what's happening? So Riza got her made her Broadway debut through an open call. Yeah, it happens. (laughs) Um, That was great, Riza. (laughs) What I'm gonna just ask you two more questions. Yeah. Um, What do you wish you knew when you started? I think there are two things. I wish. I still am learning, but how to deal with rejections uh-huh. and how to mentally prepare for that, but also deal with what happens after you get rejected and how to deal with your brain going mm-hmm. through. And I still have to kind of, I'm still learning. What do you do now? Do you have a go-to? Just like we said, you know, like right. try to leave it in the yeah. room. After that, there's nothing else you can do if it's something that I really really wanted I mean like a real dream role I will allow myself a day to indulge and listen to sad music and cry it out (laughs) (laughs) just stay you know I mean I I used to do this more when I when I didn't have kids (laughs) now I have kids I'm not I I don't really have the liberty to do that but that is what I would do I would just be like not getting out of bed today you know I'm just gonna and then and then let it go after that day it's like all right I I mourned that part being gone (laughs) does that happen to you still now where it's like no I don't and normally, I don't get upset at all anymore. Yeah, just because no. I've just, you know, I have kids. I, <laughs> more, I'll more things. be upset that I'm, I don't have money. To, <laughs> I'm like, oh, great. Now I have to pay for school. I don't know how I'm going to pay for it. <laughs> so much more like life things. Yeah. To yeah. More about. so than like, oh, my gosh, I have to play this part. Yeah. Right. Right. More like a serious yeah. day-to-day thing. Yes. 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 Yeah. But what do I do? Um, I love coffee. 
<laughs> coffee helps but, you get over the rejection. Yes. So I'll like go get like a fancy coffee okay. at a fancy cafe and treat Sit yourself. Down. You're treating yourself. Yeah, treating myself. Um, you know, and I love Toy Story. Oh, yes. <laughs> Toy Story is my favorite thing ever. So I might watch like one of the movies. That's smart. Or buy the like, go to the Disney store and buy myself Toy Story figurines. <laughs> Or anything to trigger myself and tell, tell myself that I'm good enough and I'm talented. You know, oh, that's awesome. That's And that's hard to do when you keep getting rejections. Totally. But it's so important. And if that means that you need to go to your friends yeah. and say, tell me that I'm talented. Yeah. yeah, you have to have somebody. Yeah, and you have to have friends or support system mm-hmm. in the city to do this. Do this biz- crazy business. Yeah. Because you can't do it alone. I've been doing it since I was nine. And oh my so God. my parents instilled in me that, um, you know, it's not about you. It might just be that they want someone with a different color hair that, you know, it's, yeah. and it is so random. My first Broadway show I got, uh, part, I think partially why I got it mm-hmm. was that I had the same name as the main producer's niece <laughs> and he loved her. <laughs> um, you so never know. You just never, ever know. Uh, never know. What advice do you have to young people starting out? Are there any, um, like, secret things that people might not know about, you know, like, oh, where they could get their equity card or any, can you think of anything like that? Like, oh, this, I, this is a great. <laughs> um, I, I'd say take care of your mental health. Mm. Be aware of where your feelings are and just you're allowed to feel anything. Mm. And let yourself feel whatever you're feeling, whether sad, angry, or whatever. Jealous. Jealous. That's okay. Mm-hmm. And I feel like oftentimes I suppress that. I was mm-hmm. like, no, I should be grateful. Oh. And yeah, we, we all are grateful for living mm-hmm. healthy life. But that's okay for you to feel whatever you're feeling. And, and also enjoy the journey. Yes. Br- I'm so thankful to be on Broadway, but I'm also very thankful for the journey that took me here. Mm-hmm. And I'm still on this journey. Yeah. And I don't think I realized what that means, really. I feel like people told me that before. It's like, <laughs> it's all about the process, but I think I was so focused on like, oh, I wanna be on Broadway. Which yes. is, you know, that's a goal, mm-hmm. but that's not, the ending. That is of exactly your life. right. Yeah. Because, like, I don't know about you, but I would be happy performing anywhere. I just love, and I think that if you want to do this, this is, you have to love this so much that mm-hmm. it doesn't, yes, Broadway is a goal, but mm-hmm. you have to be happy doing it in some small town in Texas yeah. or where, wherever, just because mm-hmm. you have this passion, you just want to perform. Yeah. Because if you're not happy, performing in a small town. Yeah, that's right. You're not going to be happy on Broadway 100%. either. hundred percent. And we've worked yeah. with people like that. Yeah. People mm-hmm. on Broadway are miserable because they thought this was going to change their life and it doesn't change your life. It's still, the work still ha- like continues. Yeah. You still have to work hard. You still have to do exactly the same thing what you were doing. It's on a different stage. And if you're not happy when you're not on Broadway, if you're not happy because you're not on Broadway, when you get on Broadway, you're still not going to be happy because it's not going to be what you thought it was. Yeah. Or 
you're gonna still compare yourself. That's right. To other people that are in Broadway uh-huh. or other people that are doing TV Better, stuff. Yes, there's 100%. always a way for humans to compare yourself, mm-hmm. and that's the battle as humans. And you can't have these like expectations. And I'm still learning and forcing myself to enjoy this journey that is life. And it's incredible when you can enjoy it and enjoy the relationship that or friendship that you build. Mm-hmm. Like, this is so fun to talk to you, Carrie. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, I am so happy to have you on. Thank you so much. We had so much fun in Mean Girls. Yeah. Riza would... Um, her character, <laughs> and she created this, yeah. would make, um, what is it called? Origami uh, paper origami grains. Paper. And so when I was Miss Norberry, <laughs> I would come around and I would, every time it was so much fun. It, we would just improvise little little scenes little while things. the main scene was going on. So I'd come over and confiscate <laughs> yeah. her or like take them. She'd get so mad when I would take them because yeah. also she, a lot of times she would give them and then they would collect them. Yeah, and yeah. what would they do with them? Did they auction them off? or I? So I give one to Cheech who plays Kevin G mm-hmm. who's my stage boyfriend <laughs> I'll give one to him and one to the stage management oh. and the stage management will collect all the origami so now we've done like what 600 shows so they have like 600 origamis oh they still have them they should have yeah. auctioned those off in the flea market well, we did okay actually but there's so many <laughs> that like we still have a lot so if you're interested <laughs> if you want to donate to BCEFA yes yes uh, mess D- DM Riza on Instagram what is your what's your Instagram handle at Riza Takahashi find me on Instagram <laughs> and do do you have anything else you want to plug? Um, no, honestly, follow me on my journey on Instagram. And if you have any questions about anything, just feel free to DM me. And, you know, I support also Asians on Broadway or any yes. colors of people on Broadway. So if you have any questions about that, feel free. Oh, thank you, Riza. Thank you so much for listening to Breaking Broadway, produced by Dory Berenstein, edited by Alan Seals, opening song by Aaron Accurso and Joey Mazzarino. If you like this podcast and want to hear more, please like, leave a comment, or share with your friends. See you next time for more insider tips to making it on Broadway. Together you and I are breaking Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at amfam.com.
Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.